It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church right here in Colorado Springs, and I'm thrilled that you're tuning in today. I hope you had the privilege, the opportunity to listen to William Federer over the last two weeks. He was our special guest here on Engage in Truth, and we were really just talking about America's Judeo-Christian heritage and some really fun factoids in there, a lot of information. In fact, it was like a fire hose of information over the last couple weeks. If you missed that, you can go to calvaryfountain.com and listen there, share with your friends and family alike, get the word out, because I can almost assure you, if you had not listened to that program, you are in for a treat, because you're going to learn a lot about America's history and really the responsibility that is before us with all that has has really taken place in this nation, the foundation that was laid, and the responsibility that is now in our hands to do something with it. And today we shift gears a bit. Today we have really been burdened to start to look at a thematic string of various topics in Scripture. And it seems so fitting, especially for where we're at at our studies at Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church, where we're actually talking about some of the hardships of the disciples and what they went through as the Lord would take them to Caesarea Philippi there in Matthew chapter 16 and tell them that the gates of hell or the gates of Hades will not prevail over this, that he would build his church. And these were men who had experienced great adversity. They have been now rejected by their own as they follow Jesus Christ. And now he's taking them to this place and telling them that he's going to build his church. And then, by the way, he's going to have to die and, and that he would resurrect again. And, and in this, there was a message that was really not something that they were expecting, that they would go through adversity. They would be forsaken, rejected by their own, and the one they were following was about to be executed. This was not the plan they think they signed up for. And I believe that as, as Christians, we often don't realize the magnitude of what we have signed up for. That when we have declared that we are a Christian, when, when all of heaven is now bearing witness to this word of allegiance, that we belong to Jesus Christ, we are now choosing to walk a very narrow road that is wrought with difficulty. And often as believers, we can get discouraged These hardships can break us, and it seems to be this taboo subject you just don't talk about, that if we as believers are feeling even a hint of depression, even a hint of feeling exasperated, weary in doing good, heaven forbid, that we are just something, uh, maybe we shut down, we, we clamor up, we don't share, we are ashamed maybe to even share such things, that we're feeling broken. And look, that's what we want to talk about here today, and maybe we can get through it all in this broadcast. I don't know. We put it on paper. It looks like we're supposed to get through it, but we know the Lord leads in these discussions. And so to help me in this very serious topic, one you love, Dr. Steve Ford. Dr. Ford, welcome back to Engage in Truth. Thank you, John. This is so awesome. Such a great topic. And just every single week, I just love the topics that we have, and I love your enthusiasm. We've got, you have so much great teaching for us today. Uh, I just think of the the disciples sitting there, and they're listening to Jesus, and they're thinking of the messianic prophecies of Jesus coming in like the Lion of Judah. Right. And then you're going to die. It's like, wait, what? 
Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what about the liberation from Rome? Right. What about all these exactly. things? This was not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and of course, it was supposed to be that way. They just right. didn't understand it. Right. Yeah. Right. Those, yeah. Those just hardships the, the, that would the shock factor. You yeah. Know? Um, and of course, eleven of those twelve that would have to give their lives in right. unbelievable fashion. I mean, Definitely. we've studied about that about how these wonderful disciples would become the apostles, men that I look forward to meeting, Amen. and just. Ah. So uh, excited by that uh, that reality, we will come face to face with that reality. These individuals, even the Apostle Paul, will meet him, and yeah. the adversity that they experienced. Right. And we have so much to learn about that. That they yeah. they were individuals who had to push through that whatever fear, whatever trial and tribulation, they were the ones who had to pave the way in the work of laying the foundation of the church and saying, "Do likewise." Right. You're going to go through hardship. Right. Be not dismayed by this. Right. And we're so blessed by their humanity mm. that, you know, what we read in scripture, it's not these people who are up on a pedestal. These are people with flaws. These are people that failed. These are people that had to start over again. Right. Just the exact same yeah. as us. So, you know, we shouldn't be discouraged, as you were saying, when we go through those things. It's not, it's not going to be sunshine and lollipops every day <laughs> as right. we follow the Lord and as we look forward to his return. But we can be inspired by scripture and looking at the stories of the people who went before us. That's right. Amen. Well, let me just preface then with this discussion today, one that probably will lead into a few weeks on some similar topic and certainly a, a similar vein of thought, a, a thread that weaves through all of this. But let's just look at some of these individuals of Scripture, the patriarchs, perhaps, right. as we might call them. But in 1 Kings 19.4, we've talked often about Elijah. And Elijah experienced great discouragement after a great victory. That always seems to be the way it goes. I don't know about you, but it, maybe you leave a church service and you're feeling wonderful. It's a wonderful time of praise and worship, and then immediately you get a flat tire, you get that call <laughs> you didn't you want. Traffic. Yeah, I mean, all the things. Maybe the house burns down <laughs> right. on the way home. I mean, it just seems like one thing after another, you just fall right into a valley. Everything is immediately tested, and right. you find yourself discouraged. And like, wow. Look how weak I am. Just yeah. a moment ago, I felt like I was indestructible. The very next moment, look how weak. Elijah went through that. He yep. fire from heaven. And then the very next moment, he, he's a day out into the wilderness. He's exhausted. He's weary. And immediately he says to the Lord that, you know, he, he's basically done. I, I mean, he's just so exasperated. It's okay. I look to him and I go, thank you, Lord, for your patience. Yes. Yes. with this man, that he could see such wondrous, miraculous Amazing. things, and yet need that encouragement of the Lord. How about Job? I mean, in Job one twenty one, we love that powerful word. A man who's going through great adversity loses basically everything of any value to him, except his wife in that case. And and he says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, what encouragement. But only six chapters later, <laughs> he says, I loathe my life. Right. Right. And then we find him sitting on a, on a pile of ashes uh, as he's dealing with the boils in his own flesh. And I mean, he, a man who's weary. Now, he doesn't curse God. And, and right. Dr. Ford, you even spoke before the program. Here's a man who, even in the midst of this sorrow and struggle, he still continued to talk to God. Right. He's not disrespectful to God, but he's certainly very discouraged. Right. Uh, Jonah, I mean, a man who was sent to Nineveh to do something amazing. I mean, he's swallowed by a fish. He's sent with purpose and mission by God. How many men long for purpose right. and clarity yeah. like that? Uh, and then we read in Jonah chapter 4, verse 3, Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, <laughs> for it is better for me to die than to live, exclamation right. point. Right. He doesn't get it. Yeah. He's living in the provision of God, and right. yet here he can only think of 
himself, yeah. right? Uh, how about Joseph? Now, we don't read a lot about Joseph in the midst of his suffering, but I'm talking about Joseph who goes off to Egypt after being sold by his brothers into slavery. He goes into Potiphar's home. He does what is the right thing to do. He does not do an evil act. He honors the, the, the husband of the home. He honors his master. He honors God. And yet, as a result, we read in Genesis 37 to 41, and even the non-biblical canonized text of Jasher, that that Joseph may have been in prison for up to 12 years. Wow. He was a teenager when, when he enters Potiphar's home. He's 30 years of age when he comes out of that scenario. It's possible he was in prison 12 years for doing the right, right. thing. How about Jeremiah? Jeremiah is the sort of the wailing, weeping prophet. I mean, he does what the Lord tells him to do. In Jeremiah chapter 20, he says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. He's a prophet. He's put his foot down. And then yet in the same verse, he goes on, he says, But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, right. shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. Right. Again, here he doesn't want to talk about God anymore because it just keeps getting him beat up. It just keeps getting him persecuted in stocks, uh, constantly in rejection, in a state of just total dismissal even, where nobody's even listening to him. He doesn't want to do that anymore, and yeah. he's, he's weary about it, but yet there's a fire burning in him by way of the Holy Spirit. Even King David. I mean, we could spend a whole, probably, series on King Definitely. David, but I mean, we know his guilt was overwhelming. Why? Because Psalm 38, 4 tells us that. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And so over and over again, we see the men of God, yes, even women in Scripture, who go through these valleys, this adversity that seems to be between their ears of maybe lacking purpose, lacking clarity at times, even though God gave them that clarity, but struggling. Their emotions are getting in the way and they're overwhelmed by the hardship, the weariness of what they are going through. Maybe self-inflicted, certainly. David certainly didn't help his case at times. But for the most part, yet even a man after God's own heart can find himself struggling to get out of that valley and needing the edification, needing the strength, the word of God to bring him back to where he needs to be, that plumb line that only God can give. And we see in Exodus 17 with Moses, I love this story with Moses because the Israelites had to go to the battlefield and there they were to face the Amalekites. But the battle was won in prayer. And there Moses on the hilltop there with Aaron and her to his side they not only have to help him lift his arms up, but they have to prop his arms up with rocks to ensure that the battle, they could see it, was visibly won in a posture of prayer, not just in the physical battlefield below. If he didn't keep his arms raised, they weren't going to win that battle. Right. And so I think this is very fitting for our discussion today because we need to see this transitional point that we are going to go through adversity. The battlefield is real every single day. And if we're not in the right frame of mind, if we haven't armored up with Ephesians chapter 6 armor, then we will feel the magnitude and the pressure, the heaviness of the load, and yes, find ourselves perhaps even in discouragement and dismay. Yeah. And may it never be. Dr. Ford, let me give you a couple more scriptures, and I'd love to get your sure. thoughts on this. Uh, because Paul and Barnabas, after Paul was stoned to death, <laughs> they went about, and here's what it says in Acts chapter 14, 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, saying, we must, through many tribulations, enter 
the kingdom of God. Oh, I love the clarity in that. Through many tribulations, we must overcome. Then he tells Timothy, listen to these words. I'm going to read them all together, but this is 2 Timothy chapter 2 to chapter 4. Select verses read in between. Listen to this. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, fulfill your ministry. Again, we need to eliminate the illusion here that signing up to follow Jesus Christ is, Dr. For what you said, somehow rainbows and lollipops. Right. It is not that. Right. It, it is a path wrought with adversity, and God knows exactly the prescription we need in this boot camp that fundamentally transforms the way we think to be change agents in the cultures, giving the gospel, giving the light of truth, and that is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Now, the uh, the discussion really makes me think. It's interesting, some of the things that, the sayings that we have that we think are in the Bible, but they're not really in the Bible. <laughs> right. And I think one of the most pertinent ones to today's discussion is that the Lord will never give you more than you can handle. It's oh, like, right. yes. seriously, <laughs> so, yeah, how long do you have to says. live before you realize, <laughs> yeah, that's not in the Bible and yeah. that's not real life. You're guaranteed if you if you live any length of, of time at all, especially in the walk with the Lord, to be overwhelmed on your own power. Yes. But he will never give you anything that you can't handle with his power and relying on him. Jesus right. said, you know, I am the vine, you are the branch. You can do nothing without me. And yes. it doesn't take walking with Jesus for very long to realize I am just a branch and I can't do anything without my Lord and Savior. And I will fail. I will fall. Um, and I, I think of uh, the story of Brother Lawrence, too. Uh, you know, the, the monk who for years, uh, was developing a relationship with the Lord. He said it took it, you know, 10 years of commitment of putting the Lord first, but his approach to the Lord was, you know, I'm a mess, you know, I'm a failure, you know, I can't do this. You know, I need to rely totally on you today, but he was known for this peace and tranquility in the midst of chaos because he had completely confessed to the Lord. I'm a mess. You know, I'm a mess. You know, I can't do anything without you. It's all about you. It's all about your power. When he got to the point where he could actually do that after long years of relationship with the Lord, people just remarked what an amazing impact that he had on their lives because of his dependence on the Lord. And you could just see how he lived out his faith in times of adversity. That's right. Amen. And, and I think we all have opportunities to be a witness like that. I right. mean, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And, and look, we've all failed, as you just mentioned. I, I could probably think of a dozen instances where in the midst of adversity, I really wish I would have handled it differently. Amen. But God, in his mercy, oh, he knows that we'll fail in those moments. Yep. It, it's not an excuse to continue to fail, but in those moments of failure, perhaps it's, it's that strengthening agent where we don't want to fail like that again. We right. want to be ready the next time and yeah. the next time. And, and those are the building blocks of our faith in amidst of those situations as well. And I know through my wife's cancer, I have learned so much about depending on the Lord in ways that when we first learned of her cancer over 20 years ago, right. and, and maybe in that moment, I wasn't quite the prayer warrior or even praying the way we do today, but I praise God for what we have learned through this journey of adversity that has truly transformed the way we think. Yeah. And the way we prayer is, pray has certainly been fundamentally transformed, and I praise oh, God yeah. for that. Yeah. I have I, wondered myself, I, th- I think there can be, in my mind at least, sometimes separation in our relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we think of Jesus as Savior, and sometimes we think of Jesus as Lord. And I think sometimes it's 
different to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, but actually becoming a bondservant of Jesus Christ and accepting him as Lord is a totally different level of commitment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how we would ever get to that point of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord until we have those, you know, we call them come to Jesus meetings. Right. Until we come to those places we are so overwhelmed, we've come to the end of ourselves, we can't take another breath. Uh, we're in a fetal position on the floor because life has put us there. Mm. And it's those times when this, you feel the Savior drawing close to you and you know that he is there for you. And that's when we experience, we've all you know, read the poem, heard of the poem, Footprints in the Sand. Right. There is nothing like being carried by Jesus through adversity. Right. And I can guarantee you he is faithful and he is true. And he, as Paul said, is not far from any of us. And he is there for you in those times of adversity. But it's those times of adversity. I don't think we need to go looking for them because they're going to come anyways and we'll let the Lord orchestrate them. <laughs> but, uh, but they will mold and shape us to look more like Jesus and they will bring us into closer relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, God is not impersonal. He's not far off or right. indifferent. I mean, God draws near to the brokenhearted right. of Psalm thirty-four, eighteen, And he also draws near to those who draw near to him. And we see that in Psalm 145, 18 and, and James 4, 8. He's also a friend that sticks closer than a brother of, of Proverbs 18, 24. I think the challenge is we often find ourselves waiting until adversity strikes right. to actually Big cultivate mistake. that closer Big communion mistake. with God. Yeah. And, and that's why we can, I believe at times, feel frustrated that he can feel far away yeah. when we have done our very best to fill every waking moment with everything but God. Right. And then we cry out to him in our moment of our adversity. I'm, I know his love for us is so great. He will press into the brokenhearted, but these are teachable moments that we need to press in and cultivate closer communion right. before adversity strikes, which yeah. seems to be almost daily. So it means do it now. Yeah. Don't wait till tomorrow because inevitably something will come up tomorrow. And if it doesn't, I'd be quite surprised because right, it seems right. to be a daily occurrence. But let me... Uh, Draw your attention here to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 to 9 and 14. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. And I love that kind of encouragement because he's not shying away from the reality that we will experience adversity. And when we talked about the persecuted church, the more than 70 million who have died even since the Roman persecution, they have to have that close communion with God to endure that, even to watch a loved one go through that, and to not have their faith totally shaken in the midst of that kind of adversity. You have to dial in to the truth. And let me give three quick points here in this, Dr. Ford, and I'd love to get just your final thoughts. But, you know, I think that we can miss sometimes the simplicity of this walk with the Lord. We try to overly complicate it, and it really shouldn't be. If we can really dial back here to some of the basics, let me give you just three for example. If we truly understand that prayer is one of our most powerful weapons given right. to us, not only a weapon to fight against the works of the enemy, but to strengthen us in the midst of adversity, that, that dialogue that we have with God, according to Romans chapter 8, that Jesus has provided that pathway where our prayers go directly into the throne room of God and the Holy Spirit is interpreting our prayers for us when we don't know how to pray 
And certainly that's that's probably a huge issue for many of us. We just don't know how to pray. He will pray for us if we humble ourselves before him and seek his face. First Thessalonians 5, 17 encourages us to, uh, encourages all of us to pray without ceasing. Right. And that is so easy for us to do as we pray with necessity instead of praying with the intent of relationship building, with intimacy in mind with Almighty God. Secondly, I would encourage us, we stay in the Word. The Word is to know the heart of God, to walk as He walks, to do as He does. We'll start to see adversity differently because we then start to see with a spiritual vision rather than on a physical plane. We start to see a whole different aspect of with clarity that where things were blinded before in our darkness, we now have even a somewhat of an understanding, even if we don't understand the full plan. Certainly, Job didn't understand the full plan revealed to him. Maybe that was some of his frustration. But if we know the heart of God and his word, we can trust him even in the midst of great crises in our lives which suddenly they may not be so crisis-oriented anyway yeah. when we understand God is working all things for the good of those called according to his purposes. Amen. But Psalm 119, 105 tells us that his word is a lamp unto our feet, a right. light unto our path. Right? How can we take a path without the light? Right. And then thirdly, we need the fellowship. Amen. We forsake that so often. We've become the YouTube culture. We're just going to watch church, yep. watch from afar, listen to all our select speakers, that's not church. Church is getting involved. It's the, the fellowship of the brethren, being inconvenienced on a Sunday. Go and spend time with others that maybe you don't even like all that much. Right. They're the body of Christ, after all, 1 Corinthians 12. But that's why he tells us in Hebrews 10, 25, not to forsake the assembly of the brethren, especially as the days draw near, because right. it will get tougher. Yep. And we need each other. We're a family, after all. Yeah. They make a great point. God is not supposed to be on star in our lives where we get in a mess and all of a sudden we haven't had any relationship with him. And then we just hit the God button and all of a sudden we ask for a rescue. That's right. And amen. the only, the only people who are, uh, I mean, we're the ones who suffer from our lack of relationship with the Lord. It's like we've talked about before off the air, the casting crown song, slow fade, mm. you make those decisions. How are you going to use your time? Those sorts of things. And all of a sudden something happens. Lord, what are you doing all the way over there? Right. <laughs> all the way over here. You know, I thought you were going right. to be right next to me. I thought you were going to stay, you know, and we're the ones, of course, who have wandered away. That's right. Just acclimated but, into exactly, the noise of the culture. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and just once again, to, to just continue to reinforce your point of stay in Scripture. We need to be in Scripture every single day. That's right. Pull out Psalm 103. Listen to the heart of God. People say, well, the God of the Old Testament is different than Jesus. Like, no, he's not. You know, That's read right. Psalm 103. That's the heart of Jesus through Psalm 103. You know, as, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love. He removes our sins as far away from the east and the west. You know, all those things are just, oh, they just fill your heart with joy. And, and, and you learn about who God is and why we love him so much and how fortunate we are that he even is aware of us, as David said, that he's mindful of us, that he wants to be in relationship with us. Why? But he does. We are just so, so blessed. And when we spend time doing other things, we're the ones who suffer for it. He has this great relationship, this great life planned out for us. And, and it's like C.S. Lewis said, you know, we've got all these treasures and everything the Lord has for us uh, and all these wonderful desserts. But instead, we want to sit in the street and make mud pies, right. you know, in comparison <laughs> where the Lord is just waiting with open arms. It's like the story of the prodigal son where the, you know, the father, you know, lifts up his robe, girds up his leg, and he runs you know, to his son coming that's in. Right. I, that's, I just see that as such a great, beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father. Amen. That intimacy is right there, ready for all. 
and his eyes are looking to and fro to come and impress into those into their hearts, into their lives of those who earnestly seek him, who right. want to know him. And this will strengthen us through great adversity. Let's be encouraged finally with John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Right. What an encouraging word. I hope you've been blessed today as you've listened now to Dr. Ford and I talk about this and a wonderful subject that it is, and we haven't even scratched the surface. So please tune in again next week right here on Engage in Truth. If you'd like to re-listen to this broadcast and more, go to calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley Church. Services are at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. on Sundays. And we'd love to see you there. God bless you, my friends. Take care.